Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and today, guys, I'm joined by an absolute rock star in the real estate industry. He has Atlanta, Georgia, pretty much on lockdown, and also he is the founder and owner of the Hustle clothing brand that I'm super excited to uh, get to talk to you guys about today. So please, without further ado, welcome to the show, the hustler himself, Chase Scroggins. Chase, welcome, man. Hey, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, having me on here. And this is definitely one of my favorite shows to listen to. So it's a big honor. Well, dude, I appreciate it. And it, it is time you came on. And, and, and talking of favorites, um, you know, we both joined the, uh, the, the Apex Network around the same time. And you've been one of my favorite people to watch your progress because we're, uh, we're in a similar industry, aren't we? You're, you're in, uh, in real estate big time, sir. Yeah, I feel like we're both uh, <laughs> we're both in real estate, but we're both doing a bunch of other stuff too at the same time. So <laughs> I think we've been able to relate on that. Yeah, real estate affords the uh, the ability to look into some other things as well. I I definitely uh, enjoyed doing it as a career, but my business is evolving away from real estate. So I want to dial back in and look at your business uh, because I know um, you've got several things going on. And especially in the real estate and the team building side of things that I know you're working on. But before we jump off on that, let's back up a minute and tell the audience just who Chase Scroggins is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, like Sam said, I am down here in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, technically about 20, 25 minutes north of Atlanta in a town called Alpharetta. I grew up here in Georgia in a small town called Loganville. And uh you know, didn't grow up thinking I would be in business. I don't have the typical story where they're like, oh, I sold fucking baseball cards when I was five and like, you know, hustled the neighborhood for cookies. And right, that right. wasn't me. I'm going to have to stop so, the interview. You can't be you can't be on the show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't fit the typical mold. Hey, hey so, you know, some, sometimes dude, sometimes that mold has to be broken. Yeah, dude. Tell, tell us about it. Tell us about your upbringing and uh, yes. how you got where you're at. It's funny. So I, I went to... I went to college. I was the first in my immediate family to go to college. And um, I always had the idea of being in the medical field. Mm -hmm. And uh, all I knew was from a very young age is that I would be successful, make a lot of money. That was like brainwashed on me from a very young age. Oh, you knew it. Huh? I just, yeah, I just <laughs> yeah. didn't have the business side. Mm -hmm. So I thought I was going to be the medical field. Uh, you know, chemistry class came eventually. So that changed some things, but um, ended up having a roommate who was super into business. And he introduced me to like, you know, the, the YouTube wholesaling videos back oh, in like yeah. 2012, 2013, something like that. And uh, one thing led to another. And all of a sudden, man, I lost all of the drive that I had for college. I, I realized that probably wasn't going to get the crazy return on that investment and uh, slowly wanted to get out of it. Mm -hmm because I had found business now. Right, right. Of course, still didn't know anything. I was 19 years old. Um, but all of a sudden I had this like newfound energy. And um, long story short, I decided to stick with college, but transitioned into business, got a degree in real estate, got my real estate license uh, while I was in college. 
Wow. And um, that was kind of the start of it. So I worked since then, I've worked with, you know, several different brokerage models on the residential side. I worked with a home builder at one point, mm -hmm. um, you know, been on the team model, got introduced to Apex in 2019. And uh, since then, it's been really going hard on my network, uh, meeting the right people, investing so much into my education uh, and back into the network and, uh, you know, still doing residential real estate. But like you mentioned earlier, my focus now is definitely growing that team. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, you mentioned also the Hustle Co. So <laughs> that was one thing that Apex helped me kind of bring to fruition was this idea of getting into the e-commerce space mm -hmm. and starting a brand selling product. So that's where I'm at now, uh, selling homes, building a team and looking forward to growing the Hustle Co. Yeah, it's a heck of a heck of a little brand you've got there that's popped up, and uh, like there's there's no doubt in my mind you've uh, definitely busted your ass to to pull it all together. Um, I do want to go a little bit deeper into Hustle Co, but I want to ask first off, coming out of college and having a real estate degree, how did that affect you as a realtor when you were stacking up against other people in the industry with no degrees? Um, it's helped in certain, I always kind of make the joke, like I make the joke that the degree that I have was, is worthless, except for when I'm in a listing appointment and when I'm walking <laughs> around the house and I see they're a Georgia Bulldogs fan, mm -hmm. you know, they're UGA fan. Then I'm yep. like, Oh, that's where I went to school. I'm an alumni. And we start, <laughs> you know, shooting the shit over UGA. And so I make the joke like, Hey, it's worthless until you end up in that listing appointment where the you know, they're a big fan of the university. So, oh yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. It, it honestly was setting me up for, and I didn't, I realized this like my last couple semesters, uh, it was setting me up. In fact, all of my classmates went on to be, uh, analysts, you know, crunching numbers, running pro forma, stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of in a cubicle working for these big firms in Atlanta. I can't sit still more for more than like an hour. So right, right. I knew that wasn't for me. In fact, I, uh, how I ended up getting my real estate license was as part of the degree, we had to do an internship for six credit hours. Mm -hmm. And again, I didn't want to commute to Atlanta and work for $8 an hour. That was like the minimum you had to make an internship. Wow. So I went to the head of the department was like, Hey man, if I get my real estate license, Will that give me credit for the internship? He's like, well, it could. Nobody's ever done that. But there's a monetary figure that has to be met. Like you have to make a certain amount of money this summer as part of the internship or you won't get credit. Right. right. So I'm like, okay, well, I figure I can sell a house or two. Yeah, it's you know, not that difficult. Shit. It's easy. So I can sell a house. <laughs> I, got my, uh, I got my license in, in June uh -huh. with about with about 45 days left before school for the uh, fresh, the fall semester started again and the internship <laughs> was over. So I had 45 days to close on a house and get paid. And um, I just didn't know what I didn't know and started sending out a bunch of mailers that said like, you know, we know why your home didn't sell. Mm -hmm. We can sell it, you know, or we'll buy it guaranteed or whatever. And some lady called me up. Anyways, I had a house sold in like 35 days, 40 days, something like that ended up selling another piece of land too. So went back to school and, uh, you know, had made 
more money than my colleagues and didn't have to <laughs> commute to the, the cubicle. <laughs> yeah, dude. And that, that tends to be um, a story that a lot of realtors can relate to. But I often get asked, especially by younger, younger guys, um, you know, should I stay and finish my degree or should I just jump and go straight to real estate? And the advice I always give them is, you know, if you can, like do some part time and do some do some real estate, but finish that degree and have it under your belt. Like, is that a decision you've been happy making? And is that the same kind of advice you'd give to a young man in your position again? So the college experience was it gave me time to grow up a little bit. I think mm -hmm. it gave me it gave me some structure. Um, that's about it, man. I'll say that <laughs> I, I did. I learned a lot about like the valuation process and there's still some great things that I took away from the degree, but I look back on it and I think it gave me more like real world values than it did um, educational values. So right, right, do I right. think it put me ahead of your average Joe because of the education? No, but I think it maybe put me ahead of certain colleagues because of the experiences that I can relate to. And um, that kind of thing. So it, that's why I asked because your answer surprised me. It did, but hey, <laughs> that's that's why we asked. So, what was the transition like from coming outside of college and then being out on your own, going right? I've got to sell some real estate and make this work. What what was the first couple of years in a business like for you as as uh, a young man? Because one of the things I find that's really helped my real estate career is having a little bit of gray hair. Um, you know, it's a massive financial transaction. It's the biggest transaction most people do. So what was it like coming out of college and establishing yourself as an authority in a space where your age would make that somewhat challenging? Yeah, to be honest, it was fucking awful. Uh, <laughs> in fact, <laughs> we sound like that. It, it will sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the first, in fact, the first three years out of college were pretty terrible. Um, that's when I beat my head against the wall the most. That's when I was, uh, times were the most financially challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, that's also the times where I learned probably the most too. And, um, so I, I, I basically got ready to graduate and I'm thinking, all right, I'm the first, first dude in my uh, immediate family to not only go, go to college, but graduate college mm -hmm. from a prestigious university. Um, I guess I've got to be making six figures now. Right. You know, and it was like, how it was. that's how it was. And I had just all this internal pressure, uh, developed a pretty nasty, like anxiety disorder, uh, all of a sudden had panic attacks, like literally every day. Was that, um, do you think that was financial pressure that was causing those panic attacks then? No, um, it was, it was like pride and ego pressure. I think oh. I, I literally thought that I had to come out of college making six figures, like Wow. I thought I had to have it all figured out immediately. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was 20, I was 22. And I just assumed that I was grown up and had to have it all figured out. So it was pressure that I put on myself for the most part. Um, eventually, I got out of that. It's funny, that's all of that bad shit is really what led me to Apex, because I started listening to podcasts as right, a right. way to cope with the anxiety stuff it took my when i listened to a podcast it took my mind off of shit yeah. and uh one day i just came across the hardcore closer podcast mm -hmm. and uh that's all she wrote dude that's exactly 
exactly it. That that's what I would do. <laughs> I would I would listen to podcasts to try to get more information to try to unfuck the shit I was going through. And that's mm-hmm. I found the hardcore closer too. And and you know the the rest is is our little bit of history. Um, yeah, but th- in those in those few years, so I I got into that, and um, at that time I worked with a home builder. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't like that structure however i got some of the best training and i'm so thankful for that experience this company um in fact i've still got the plaques sitting on my desk just because i look back at it and i'm, I'm proud of it mm-hmm. um they invested a ton into their people right. they sent me off to cincinnati uh like three or four different times for a week-long like intensive training mm-hmm. and the training and yes to your point i was very young and I was working, uh, I had a neighborhood that I sat in the model home and sold all the inventory in the neighborhood. Man, it was freaking difficult. Uh, yeah. I was also in an area where the average price point was a little higher. We were selling a premium product as composed to the competitors right mm-hmm. down the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was very difficult. I had zero lay down sales, put it that way. Um, so the sales that I got were very much earned and it taught me a lot about nurturing relationships, mm-hmm um how to ask the right questions how to really get deep with people feel their pain that kind of thing uh, it was very much a, a consultative selling um which i'm glad that i learned early on i mean um, you have to really it's uh you got to learn it at some point whether it's early on or late on i mean um until you figure out that that selling is is essentially providing solutions, um, you'll just bang your head against that wall over and over. And what what fortune to to get to sit in uh, in an office like that? That I mean, were you provided leads? Were people walking in, or how did how did that setup work for you over there? So this was all walk-in traffic mm-hmm. because uh, at this point, again, I was working with. Um, so it wasn't like what I do now, where right. I'm the 1099 contractor, real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Back then, I was working directly for that home builder. So it was all walk-in traffic. People walked in the model home, and you know I built the relationship with them, had to follow up with them, get them back in. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I had one guy come in and buy a home, build a home the same day, but that was very rare. That's, Most yeah, of the time, that's it was like rare. a long, long process. Uh, but it was all walk-in traffic. So, um, you know, it really... <laughs> And it's also when I realized that uh, I enjoy face-to-face selling, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's a lot, there's a big part of real estate that is, you know, being on the phones and, and, you know, calling the leads yeah. and all that. And, yeah. and part of, uh, as part of my later experiences that we could talk about when I worked on a, a big team model, I realized that like, I am happiest i'm the best uh use of my time is like being face to face with people mm-hmm. it's yeah. just a different feeling and i love it um well, that, but it really all started with that walk-in traffic dude, that's the good thing about teams is that everybody can do a little bit of the things that they're great at and be supported mm-hmm. by because again i have a, a, a small real estate team but I get to do the things I'm great at and they get to do the things they're great at and it all lifts everybody up. So I generally advise people starting out in real estate to do exactly what you did, which is go to see about an internal sales job at a home builder uh, to, to get an understanding of the industry or 
The second thing I always recommend is first off, join a team as a junior agent and get an understanding of the industry that way. So after, yep. you, after you left the homeowner and joined the team, what were the differences that you saw on the operations side of things as you were joining a real estate team? So before I joined the team, actually, there was a little gap in there. Um, before I joined the team, I was on my own. And that's where a lot, that's where kind of the second wave of challenges came in, me yeah, beating my yeah. head against the wall. Let's talk about that. Um, yeah, let's go into that. So I left the home builder um, simply because I, it, was, it was a little bit too structured. Again, I was an employee. I was sitting in the model home all day. Got that desk, I, huh? Got that desk. <laughs> I, yeah, man. And I, I started getting really into marketing at that time. I was listening to, you know, Stuman and stuff mm -hmm. and... I started getting really into marketing and learning about it. And um, every idea that I had to kind of bring in more leads or traffic and whatnot was just shot down. And it was like, no, just focus on the walk-in traffic, that kind of thing, which is fine. But um, I hate being told, you know, what not to do as well. <laughs> so for one, you know, for many reasons, it didn't work out. After that, I went solo, went with uh, Berkshire Hathaway. It was a small, uh, smaller Berkshire Hathaway brokerage. The problem I had there was, you know, uh, it's funny how I've learned about these different models, but that particular one, um, I had some success there uh, with some like personal sphere deals that I had, but ultimately I was still knew nothing and was mm -hmm. broke and needed to learn and pretty much everybody there was retired and just Dude, hanging just, out. I don't understand that that, that yeah. brokerage model anymore it's so flawed it's like we get all the new kids that we can we say go make some money and if they fail well we just go get more kids it, it, <laughs> it makes no sense to me and yet that's how the old brand named big box mm -hmm. brokers operate it, it's more of just a a constant churn cycle you know i'm i'm very proud that you managed to uh, to escape that so well done yeah they um it was very much like everybody there was nice, but they had all made it. They were all very much later in life. And they were like your husband and wife teams who just yep. do a few referrals a year. Mm -hmm. um, so I realized that wasn't a great fit. I went after that to the whole like 100% commission, uh, yep. lone wolf style, had a little bit of success with that as well. Um, it was certainly a step up, step in the right direction because that's when I really started generating my own leads, doing ads on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, stuff. I did a, a whole new construction funnel that actually worked pretty well. Um, but about that time, this is getting into 2019. I'm in Apex and uh, that's where I met my connection that led me to working with uh, a team for the right. last, really the last, uh, from 2019 through... Uh, December of this year mm -hmm. and that was great man I learned um, a ton you know it was yeah got up to the talk mm -hmm. us through how that team environment was beneficial to you as opposed to being the solo agent on, on your own yeah so it was awesome because it allowed me to get <clears throat> really focused on sales mm -hmm. um, just face-to-face -face sales because that team model that's all that I was doing you so know, so break, that, break that model down. Yes. Tell us what did you do and what did the team do for you to allow you to focus on those sales? Dude? Yeah. So the team ultimately, um, you know, there's leads coming in. Uh, everything is inbound for the most part. Mm -hmm. And there's a internal team that is then nurturing that database of leads yep. and setting appointments for the external team. 
Okay, so having and that so, all covered off of the front end, it takes all that onus off of the agent and puts it in the hands of actual professionals, right? Absolutely. Okay. The internal team was great at nurturing mm -hmm. and details and follow-up and setting appointments. And the external team was great at, you know, being passionate and bringing the energy mm -hmm. and selling the dream and being that face to face, you know, yeah. making it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it worked out really well. Um, and I mean, that's, that's been an amazing experience for me. It's just uh, because it taught me, taught me two things, really. It taught me how to get really good face to face. Mm -hmm. And it also taught me that, that whole model. So it really eventually got me thinking bigger. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to the point where now I'm building my own model. Mm -hmm. So, and you, you got the experts generating your leads for you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So what would you say to a realtor who's maybe on the fence a little bit and is looking at this as a percentages game and says, well, if I do it by myself, my broker pays me 80% split. But if I do it on a team, I only get 30% split. What, what advice do you have for somebody that's, uh, negotiating uh, that kind of situation for themselves. Yeah, I've, I've been in that boat. So I think you really have to be aware of where you're at in the journey. Mm -hmm. um, if you are starting and you really got to put ego and pride aside too. If you're starting out and you don't have a giant community that you can go to, if you don't have any kind of lead flow to uh, help you reinvest back into more lead flow. Exactly. Like, yeah. You got to You got to join. Or if you just lack experience in general, you got to join the team. Um, Absolutely. You know, because number one, you need that experience. Like real estate is, is not a game, man. Mm -hmm. It's like, these are serious transactions Yeah. and people on the outside looking in, thanks to HDTV and all that good stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. people think that it's Straight just, up. you know, easy. And it's, uh, it's a fun process, but it's, it's still very hard work and uh, very important, important work. Dude, um, if I didn't come into this with years worth of marketing and legal experience from my past careers, there's no way I'd have made it without a team. Like I, I literally, I tell every junior agent that says, Hey, how do you become successful? I'm like, man, let go of your ego. Don't worry about the pay cut and go join the team. Because 30% of five deals is way better than 80% of one deal. Like, you know. And commissions aside, mm -hmm. you got to look at it this way. So I was doing, uh, I was averaging 40 deals, uh, 40 deals a year. Mm -hmm. 40 deals in one year gives me the equivalent of like freaking seven years worth of, you know, yes. experience and education. Yeah. If I had just been doing it on my own, doing a few deals well, a year. Well, yeah, because most people don't realize that the average solo agent. Now you've got these outliers that 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 hit hundreds of sales and stuff, but your average solo agent, um, in my market, I'm not sure about yours, but in in mine, on average, it's seven to eight transactions a year, and that's it. Mm. Um, and so for you to do forty transactions and touch forty transactions. Um, essentially means you're getting five to six to seven years worth of experience compressed yeah. into that timeline. And uh, you're right. Commission aside, I mean, just the experience alone is, is, is amazing. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that really, that, that's only going to help you in the long run when you, when you get face to face, like, especially if you're young. So going back to that hurdle, yeah. like mm -hmm. I don't have quite the gray hairs yet, <laughs> but when I've had multiple people when I'm sitting down with them at their kitchen table, like I'll never forget this one guy was like, 
you said you were you said you were 27 but I, I'm pretty sure you're 40 and I was just <laughs> like what what do you mean by that and he's you know he's he's talking about like I'm able to communicate at a higher level because I've been through that that real estate process freaking mm -hmm. nearly 100 times now right right um so that's that's a huge when if you're young and uh, lack experience or lack the lead flow, go join a team. There's nothing wrong with that. That's some great advice, man. Really great advice. And now, now what? Within the last three months, you have branched out and started to become, you know, Chase Scroggins, the team leader. Um, mm -hmm. So what's it feel like to sit in the captain's chair, mate? How's that working out? It's a whole new set of challenges. <laughs> of course it is. A, of course it it's is. It's fun, man. It's mm -hmm. it's really fun. I'm really enjoying it. Um, but it's a lot too. It's a lot to do. Um, now you're in charge of everything, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, but it's it's really starting to pick up now. I've got pretty much all. Now I've gotten all the marketing in place. All the leads are coming in. So now I'm uh, looking at you know, getting some, some calling help, some outbound callers to help me in addition mm -hmm. to the calling that I'm doing. Um, and then the next step after that would be start getting in some, uh, buyer's agents in here. And I've, I've had already locally people hit me up and they're like, Hey, I want to join your team. And I'm like, what team? Let me, let me, <laughs> let me get back to you on this, you know? So the, um, just the networking and stuff that I've done, um, I think it's going to definitely going to pay off. Well, yeah, but, you, you play mm -hmm. you play such an attractive uh, character on the internet. Like, I mean, I I, I throw that word around, um, but the the likable, attractive character is, is a fundamental part of organic marketing, and mm -hmm. we play a likable, attractive character, but in reality, we're just being ourselves. And so, what you've done is put in two, three, four years worth of work, and people see you. And your success is attracting others to your team. So take those phone calls, man. Start laying out some uh, some ground rules and uh, start onboarding people. You'd be surprised. Yeah, it's like you know, it's interesting uh, joining Apex Entrepreneurs and getting all of the all of a sudden I'm getting all this training on you know the SOPs and creating mm -hmm. your you know core values and your mission mm -hmm. statement and all that. And now I've I've got that now and it's like oh shit I, I see how that works now mm -hmm. like I yeah you know it's we, it's going well though man I'm excited about it but but man I mean because we're in similar industries I, I hate to talk over guests man but I just want to let you know that over the last six months all we've been doing around here is processing 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 and documenting everything and now I have uh, a, a really solid real estate integrator I've got a director of operations over at the media company and I'm able to step away and give more and more and more responsibility to these guys. And that will absolutely happen to you. But you're in that part in the trenches what I've just gone through where you're literally pulling your hair out because you're documenting every last damn thing. And then yep. something else comes up. You're like, well, we don't have a documented process for this. So instead of me just fixing it, you've got to take that time. But I assure you, mate, it is so so worth it now because i've got employees that are empowered to do things that i don't have to worry about anymore and and you you're right there buddy like i'm telling yeah, you yeah that's beautiful <laughs> all right let's pivot for a minute um because while yeah. i do i do want to talk more about your real estate dominance um i also want to talk a little bit about your 
little side project that has grown into something much more than a side project. Um, you are the owner of the Hustle Co, a clothing brand. So, Jesus, I mean, I don't know where to begin with it. So first off, tell us about the time that the seed got planted in your head to where you said, I'm a real estate agent and I'm going to build a clothing brand. What on earth was going on there? So um, it's funny. I was just talking to, uh, you know, Pedro. I was talking yeah, to him yeah, about yeah. this the other day. And basically, I think he's like episode six on the podcast. You have to go back to find Pedro, but we've we've had him on. So, yeah, yeah, he's. I'm sure he was a great guest. He's got he's a, a rock great star, show as rock well. star realtor up in Dallas. If, if mm-hmm. you need a realtor in Dallas, he's the guy. So, yep, definitely approve of that message. <laughs> um, but yeah, it really goes back to um, it goes back a long time ago. Honestly, I so at some point in like 2015. I started hanging out. Well, I've always been in sports, so it goes back a little further. I've always been in sports. Okay. However, uh, didn't go past the high school level. So when sports ended, the only sport that was available to me in my mind was like just working out, just going to the gym, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So got around. That was a way to, to compete and to stay active and whatnot. And around that same time, I got around, you know, some of my best friends became these huge meatheads, you know, and they're super into working out and taught me every everything and you know for ever since like 2012 i've been in that sort of uh you know i don't know industry is the right word but um it's a big hobby so around the space a lot yeah yeah and i learned about all of these supplements and it's always been interesting to me too and i really learned by accident just through you know choosing which ones to use myself like I learned about every freaking supplement you can imagine what they do, like mm-hmm. all the, and I also loved all the branding side of that supplement industry. And, um, anyways, we, we talked for days about supplements, pal. <laughs> I know, I know. And, uh, that's really what started it though, was the, uh, the love and interest in supplements. So, mm-hmm. um, somewhere in 2020, um, it may, it may have been later than that, whatever clubhouse came out, Okay, so that that was like that was getting hot. Early January twenty twenty, yeah. it was getting hot. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Uh, I ended up in a clubhouse with the uh, Fit T CEO, mm-hmm. and uh, that brand is freaking massive. Like yeah. that, that guy is like a beast. So I ended up in a clubhouse with him, and it was literally me, him, and like one other person. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to ask a bunch of questions. Like, this is awesome. I'm like getting one-on-one time with this you right. know, multi-multi-millionaire. But um, anyway, so we start talking about supplements. Um, got put on the back burner, back burner, back burner. All of a sudden, 2021, I'm doing 75 hard. And I'm listening on my walks. I'm listening to a book called 12 Months to 1 Million by uh-huh. Ryan Moran. Okay. And it's all talking about how to build a brand blah, blah, blah. Um, so I thought, okay, I'm going to give this supplement thing another shot. So first thing I did though, is I got super clear on what I, basically what I wanted to do and then who was my ideal client. Mm -hmm. So that's one great thing about Ryan Moran is he has some very great questions to get detailed on who do you want to help? Why do you want to help them? What needs do they have? What products are they currently using? What's the product? What's the problem with the products they're currently using, and how would your product solve the problem that they're currently having? All right, and stop right there. Uh, stop right mm-hmm. there. 
Guys, back up 30 seconds because Chase just gave you the fucking absolute playbook to to starting any business. Um and again, cutting you off, Chase, I'm sorry, but the listeners you all need to rewind and listen to that because so many people that that, that come to me as consulting clients have not thought about the answers to those questions. And yet those are the fundamental questions before bringing anything to market. Those are the things you've got to answer. So uh, stop what you're doing, rewind uh, a minute and a half now and listen to what Chase just said again, because that was absolute fucking gold, Chase. Thank you, please, please continue. Yeah. My apologies, that, yeah, that needed, to be, that no, needed to be marked, dude. That, <laughs> so many people miss that. They miss that fundamental who are my clients? Why am I here? How am I serving them? What problems am I solving for them? They miss that. And, and the fact that you brought it up as part of the fundamental establishment of the supplement brand, it, it just really needed to be highlighted. So please, please continue. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you. Um, and it goes deeper too. So yeah, again, it was, and really I'll put it this way, everything we're talking about, like I had the whole business model. I had the whole detailed uh target demographic everything detailed before i ever had the name the hustle code before i had a logo before i had any of that shit i had everything i wanted to do on paper so it's funny how like in the past when i had tried these ideas that i had it always mm -hmm. started with a logo and a name yep. mm -hmm. and then immediately yep. yeah, but that's you know, what you learn that's what you learn in high school that's what you learn in business studies class what you know that's the first thing you get your, your pens out and you make a logo and i would want to build but in the real world, it has nothing to do with that. It's who do I want to serve? What problems am I going to solve? Who are my ideal clients? Yeah. Who do I want to work with? So, uh, yeah. So through figuring out who I wanted to serve and what the problems were and, and what products I could provide to solve those problems, that's how the name, The Hustle Co., was born. I love that name, um, the brand. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you, you freaking nailed it, dude. I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah, in, in addition to those key questions, um, then, it, then it got even deeper. And it's like, how old is this person? Mm -hmm. What do they wear? What groups are they in on social yes, media? Yes. What podcasts do they listen to? What, uh, you know, what products are they taking? What's their, what's their routines like? Mm -hmm. You know, you're in my, uh, one of my, you're in my, one of my Facebook groups, the early morning brigade. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that came about, uh, partly came about because I knew that my ideal customer gets up early. Dude, I laugh at that shit. You know, I because... laugh at that shit every morning. Like, <laughs> it's, it's it's literally like it's one of the first things I see after I fill out my G code and jump on a Facebook. I lit because there's not many people on Facebook mm -hmm. uh, at five o'clock in the morning. You know, I'm getting ready to go out and get a workout in, and there I am early. There's always a post. Well, you're an hour ahead of us, but there's always a post from you. Like I, I see yeah. most days the early morning early morning group. Yeah, it's great. That's why I do it, man. Like people, you're gonna look at your phone regardless, just because mm -hmm. we're it's such a habit now yeah, like you're gonna do it regardless so why not look at a funny meme early mm -hmm. as shit in the morning and kind of set the tone for your day as opposed to looking at some news you know cnn or some crazy i could do right? that do without the news this week shit yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god you do without it every week but, yeah no doubt uh but yeah so just kind of getting back on track um that's how the hustle code came about about i realized that um, you know, I feel, I realized my target audience and a lot of that was due to the fact that number one, I was my target audience. And number mm -hmm. two, I was hanging out 
with my target audience mm-hmm. so often. You know, it was around the time where I really started going to more Apex meetups and yeah. whatnot. And I just, I fell in love with the community, man, because they, you know, uh, our community has taught me so much. And as a guy who's coming up and learning all this, I just wanted to give back. And people are always like, oh, give value, give value, be a mm-hmm. go giver. Don't, don't ask for anything, just give value. And I'm like, well, shit, what value? You know what I mean? And I'm like, <laughs> and that's not hating on myself or taking anything away from me, but well, it would be unauthentic if I was going out and trying to coach Samuel Smith on marketing or something, right? But right. I can provide value through these products Dude, that when, I came out with. When I walked in that room, you know, at the time I'm, I'm a 40 year old entrepreneur that's built a couple of seven figure businesses and one successful exit, one very unsuccessful exit, but still the, the experience is there. And even as a 40 year old guy, I felt completely out of place in that room and, and, and as an imposter in that room. And what value can I bring to this crowd? They're all so, so I can't even imagine, you know, how it felt as at the time, what were you, 26, 27 at the time, how it felt going yeah. into that environment and saying, what value can I bring? And yet here you are now, one of the more valuable members in the group because you figured out a solution to a problem and provided a service and you served first. So and you just did everything the right way. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, man. It means oh, a lot. Um, the the um, kind of getting back to the journey, I yes, yeah. decide on everything. I have the business model. I, everything's good to go. Uh, my first product is going to be a product that helps my target audience, you know, entrepreneurs, hard workers, be able to get more out of their day, perform at a higher level without the crash. Yes. That's it. Mm-hmm. So the product itself was a uh, nootropic infused coffee. Yeah, yeah. I start I start marketing it, and then I'm like, oh shit, I don't know anything about the supplement industry. And turns out, like, I still don't have the damn coffee. We're we're like two weeks out now. We're very very close, but it's taken a long time. So I immediately had to pivot because I started marketing a brand and a company that I didn't realize was going to take a lot longer to bring my main product to fruition. I pivoted simply because I already knew the customer. I already knew what my goal was and it was to help entrepreneurs get more out of their day. So I thought, how can I do that without the supplements? And the apparel came about Mm -hmm. and it was still serving the same purpose as the coffee was just in a different way. Right. So now rather than selling, coffee and supplements now i'm selling confidence I now love it. i'm helping I love people it. yes get more out of their day because when they put on that hustle shirt it's almost like putting on a fresh tux when you walk into the list or not a tux putting on a you know a fresh suit as you're mm-hmm. getting ready to go to your listing appointment yeah when you put that on it, there's a certain mental uh, trigger that goes off and it's just confidence so i was oh, able no. to pivot yeah. and help people get more out of their day, but just through apparel as opposed to my main idea, which was the supplements and the coffee. Well, I'm sure that the, the the foundation you're building with the apparel will do nothing but stand as a solid platform to launch the mm-hmm. supplements on anyway. Like, Absolutely. And, and 
you're right to when when people feel better about themselves they look better about themselves they they enter into their business with confidence and, and happiness and that permeates throughout their company to their employees and it permeates throughout their sales to their clients so even something as simple as a well put together well-fitting branded shirt it can do wonders for an entrepreneur on the other side of the table. So, bravo, this is me clapping, because you, not <laughs> only you, did man. you set out to solve a problem, you pivoted and you came up with two solutions to solve the same problem. I, I love it, and if that, doesn't, if that doesn't epitomize hustle, then I don't know what does. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, man. It, dude, it's, yeah, it's funny how it's all kind of worked out, but it's dude, been fun. It's a really strange place, this world, dude, but like if you serve first, and you sell second, man, everything just seems to work out, you know? We were, me and Pedro were talking on this very topic and he asked me, he said, he's like, you know, for, I forget what the question was, but it was something about like, how do you pivot? Or what's going to, like, how does one person pivot when they hit a brick wall? Mm -hmm. And how do they keep going? And I was like, you know, I think you, if you get that detailed in the beginning about who you're serving, what problems they're facing, and how you're, you know, how you can solve their problems, mm -hmm. you get super detailed on it, yeah. even down to how old they are, where they're hanging out, what kind of stuff they're listening to, blah, blah, blah. Then whenever you need to pivot, you just go back to that and yes. you think, okay, let me just go back to the basics. How am I going to help them? You know, yeah. and you, it opens up those opportunities. Uh, but you have to go back to the very but that's beginning. That's the basic. It is, I know my audience. Mm -hmm. I serve my audience, I solve their problems, and I sell them the solution. And you did the fundamentals and you did the groundwork before you ever launched. If all you'd had was a logo and an idea, hustle wouldn't exist right now. So you did it the right way. Like, and my hat is, is firmly off to you, sir. Well done. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. <laughs> well, well pivoted. So now we're going to pivot again and, uh, and back to a couple of chase questions. Um, what is the what's what would you say the one thing that has surprised you most about owning the uh, the hustle company? What's the biggest surprise you've had? Maybe something you didn't expect as, that came through as a result. Um, I would say it's been on the operation side. Um, I started this you know e-commerce business like right mm. in the height of the worst supply chain issues maybe we've ever seen. I don't know. So yeah, that's um, true. yeah. all of my challenges and delays and setbacks and frustrations have all come back to supply chain related issues. So that was one big pivot that I just talked to you guys about, mm -hmm. but there have been so many freaking little micro pivots along the way. Yeah. And they all kind of come back to that supply chain stuff. So that's, that's been something that I did not, have any prior knowledge about um i've been very very blessed to have a great fulfillment partner that's helped me um which has been huge for you know customer service ratings but um yeah it's a crazy world out there on the fulfillment side of things right now i think it's maybe getting a little better but yeah. um there's there's some times where it's kind of crazy we had certain products we want to put out even on the apparel side that just never came about because they're still freaking stuck on a ship somewhere. Yeah, you know? yeah, that could, that could be uh, that could be quite a difficult one uh, one to work around. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So, 
I know you must have some really, really lofty goals, especially with building a real estate team and building a entrepreneur-based brand and supplement company at the same time. So what does the future look like for Chase? What's, what's, what you got coming up, man? So the future of the Hustle Co. will always have that apparel base because people, that's what makes the culture, I feel like, is the, like a good apparel brand, it helps. It's like rocket fuel for the culture. I love Easy, that. Yeah. Easily accessible. Um, anybody can get it. There's no, as long as you like the color and the logo on the shirt, you're mm -hmm. going to get it, right? Mm -hmm. It's easy. Um, but the future of the Hustle Co. is building out a full line of performance optimization products that get the entrepreneur from the moment they wake up through the moment they go to sleep. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be five products in total. Um, that's the brand. That's the vision for the brand. Um, and, you know, like my, my biggest inspirations are First Form and the company on it. Yeah. So yeah, both of those. Yeah. So um, that's my vision with the Hustle Co. With the real estate side of things is very much to um, as quickly as possible establish uh, the team. Mm -hmm. and you know start capturing some serious market share here in metro atlanta and um i'm very big you know thanks to thanks to the uh, exp model now i've got yeah. this opportunity to where as i grow i can help other people grow mm -hmm. and that's something that's like for a very long time and I, I you know i'm still early in the game but for a very long time i've always had this passion for training and coaching and helping people like yeah. even friends, like mm -hmm. friends are going through some shit that I went through. Ooh, boom. Let me lay out the, the steps to get yeah. out of that problem. Yep. So that's, that's always come kind of natural for me. So in the future, I do like how EXP offers the opportunity for me to dive into that passion in the future and actually help other agents grow um, and learn, you know, avoid some of the mistakes that I've been through. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something that, that we're certainly looking at doing too, is putting together our own agent training programs and uh helping out you should man I, like I now Dude, <laughs> like i'll tell you after the show what's going on in my life but like there's uh every, everything it's uh, you know i i don't want to go into any details or jinx anything but it's like i just keep hitting the the, the fruit machine and the the win button keeps hitting so it's we're, we're good over here but let's before we wrap this up on the subject of training and giving advice um one of the objectives here of the small business surgeon is to uh stop other people from doing some really dumb shit that we've actually done ourselves and so um if you could chase um i want you to talk to somebody that's maybe five years behind you or maybe 10 years behind you in business not necessarily in age but in business and uh, what's what's one or two pieces of solid advice you lay down to somebody that is starting out or just kind of trying to get some traction on this journey Man, I would say, first things first, I would say, like, you can't skip the process. Like, there are some things you can do to maybe speed up the process. Mm -hmm. But if I could go back, I would have just put myself in a mindset, mindset of being way more patient. And hell, I'm even talking, I'm talking to myself as I'm saying this, like, yeah, be patient, be mm -hmm. patient, like you can't skip the process. Second thing is, you need to network your ass off as early as possible. Amen, dude. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because that's been the biggest game changer. In fact, the only reason that 
um, not the only reason, but the biggest reason I've had success in growing uh, the hustle Co to what it is mm -hmm. now is simply from networking. Yeah. yeah. And um, thanks to you, I've now applied that more to real estate. I've got my own local <laughs> networking group and that's all from you right there, man. Thanks, from watching sir. you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. So, like my, my network's got over a couple of thousand people in it now that I can, I can reach out and touch directly and then they all know people. So you're not just opening one door, you're opening several and getting things done. So yeah, that, that network has been, been huge. And I'm, I'm very pleased that you've, uh, you've taken that, on and started to emulate that and, and, and work with local groups because uh like i say it's been it's been life-changing for me um so yeah. i hope it does the same for you man damn it uh we're running up on time chase but man it's it's always a pleasure to talk to you and hang out with you um and you know like if if you need some some hustle gear or if you need some supplements chase is the man to hit up but um, I want you all to, to do me a favor and uh, do yourselves a favor and follow along with Chase on his journey. Chase, where's the best place to follow you, you, yourself and to follow the uh, the Hustle Co. on the internet and so I can direct all of our listeners over there? Yeah, I would just, uh, and thank you, I would just say, um, you know, Facebook and Instagram, really. I'm on, um, I just got, recently got on TikTok too, but that's, <laughs> oh, just, I... uh, just find me on uh, Facebook chase scroggins and then um on instagram at chase scroggins i got you and we'll throw those links up in the show notes there as well my friend it has been an absolute pleasure uh hanging out with you this afternoon and recording this show and you have dumped a ton of value into this podcast so uh thank you again so much for coming on and uh hopefully i'll get to run into you here in a, a few more weeks at the next apex event yes sir i really really appreciate you having me on and uh if, you, if i don't see you thursday then I will see you at the next one. Oh, at Brandon's event? Yeah. Yeah, I'll see you there, pal. I'll be there. Okay, I'll see you. I'll literally right. see you Thursday. Then. All right, sweet. <laughs> All right, guys, that was Chase Scroggins, owner of the, the Hustle Co. and one of the uh, top upcoming realtors in the Atlanta metro. If you've got any needs for him or if you do yourselves a favor, just follow along with his socials. We'll throw the links in the show notes. And uh, as always, guys, if you've learned anything, uh, do us a favor and drop a review on iTunes, drop a follow, share the show, and uh, help us get the word out. All right, that's going to be it from me. Uh, you'll be good and stay safe and uh, check in with us later on this week when we will have another go around with Friday Fire. All right, you'll be good. I'll see you all later. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.